Today is the 21st of Yaimer, April 30th, Vav Iyar, and today's learning is Leila Nishma, Sarav Yitzchak Tzvi, Ben Reb Chaim Yosef, Shem should have an Aliyah, and the learning being done here in the virtual Hollywood Shtibol, and today's daf is daf Nun Hei, 55. So the Gemara concluded with a very... Uh, very interesting explanation on the Mishnah's description of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, uh, of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's animal, that it did not uh, follow the laws of Shabbos, but in fact says the Gemara that nothing to, it wasn't Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's animal, but rather it was people that he should have rebuked as the elders of the generation, as well as the Chachamim, and the leaders will be held accountable for the sins performed in their generation. It's a little scary. Um, if they could have done something about it, if they could have given Musar, uh, rebuked the people in a meaningful way. But if they knew that they wouldn't be listened to anyway, it seems like they would not have been punished. So says the Gemara, a story on the top of Nunheim and Aleph, 55a, second line. Rabbi Yehuda have a the Shmuel, Yehuda was sitting in front of Shmuel. Asaya he eats a katzapcha No, a woman came and started screaming, and Shmuel paid no attention. So it seems like somebody was screaming about him, screaming at him, and yet he didn't flinch. He didn't. Uh, he didn't interrupt his regular learning. I'm a late, so. Uh, Yehuda said to him, "Lo savale mar oitem oizna mizakas dal am hu yikra v'lo yana." Isn't don't we have a pasuk in Mishlei that says the one who seals their ears to, from the pleas of those who ask them, those who beg them, are not going to uh, are not going to get an answer. Amale for their own personal tefillas. So how can you just ignore this woman? She's obviously upset about something. You can't, uh, you can't ignore this woman. So he answered back, sharp one, uh, as smart as you are, your teacher will be punished. Your head will be Put in cold water, punished in cold water, and your uh, and your teacher with hot water. Meaning, uh, I don't know, it's pretty harsh. Rashi says the top right, right top line on the right hand margin. Rachel Bakriri, any shani, any nichva avomar ukvash roishli v'lach v'abeis nichva b'chamin. Hi Yasid Bar Ukva. Back to the Gemara. Hayasid Mar Ukva have based in the Ksiv is David Koyamar Shem Dina Lavaka Mishpavet Sila Gozo Yad Oishik Penteze Keish Hamasi Uviara the Ain Mikva Bitei Raya Malaya. So he answered him, "I'm not the one who's going to suffer that punishment of not being heard because I'm not in charge over here. I'm just one more uh, person, another Rav." But I'm not the, the head. And whoever makes themselves like they're the head of everybody else, they're the ones who are ultimately going to be responsible for people who are not listened to 
in their town, in their generation. And that was Imar Ukva. Imar Ukva, we said, was wealthy and was an Abbasin. He wants to be the top guy, the chief. So he's the one who's going to suffer that punishment. But it won't be me or you. Um, as we saw from the Pasuk in uh, Yirmiya, that job of the king's household, the base David, the job is to go and uh, seek out justice and, 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 and justice. And if they don't do their job, so then Hashem doesn't listen to them. Says the Gemara, said to Rabsimoin as follows. Uh, go and give Musar to the house of the Reish Galusa. Obviously, he wasn't happy with something that the governor's, uh, was something that the governor was doing. So uh, he said, go and give Musar. So Simon responded to Rabzeira, it won't help, they're not going to listen to me. I'd rather not give Musa than give Musa that will end up in rebuff. So Rabzeira said back to him, no, even so, you should go and give Musa, even if they're not going to listen to you. The other where do we see that? Hashem never changes his mind once he says he's going to give some, do something good. Uh, he never goes back and does bad. Except the following scenario. The the Pasek, in the says, Hashem said to the to the Malach, Hashem said to him, go into you go into the city in Yerushalayim and put a tuff on the forehead of those people, on all those who are doing abominable things. And the Gemara will explain what was going on. Uh, go and put a Hashem told the Malak Gavriel go and place a uh, letter tough of ink on all the righteous in this city in order that they shouldn't get harmed by the angels of destruction but on the foreheads of the wicked Place a tough of dam. We are on Nun Hey Amin Aleph, about uh, a little over a third of the way down, um, maybe ten lines from where they get wide. In the middle of a fascinating story where Hashem told the Malchavriel, put a test, put a tuff of ink on the tzaddikim and a tuff of blood wicked. In order that the uh, the 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 malachim of destruction shall come after the wicked. This is going to be a fascinating exchange. So midus adin, the uh, I guess the angel that represents punishment said to Hashem, What's the difference between the wicked and the righteous? Now, of course. 
that's not uh, that. What does he? What does he mean? What's the difference? Uh, obviously, their actions. One of them was described as righteous, and one of them was described as not righteous, as wicked. So, uh, what what what, uh, what is what does he mean? So it says the Gemara. Sham Hashem responds to within. What are you talking about? I'm I'm only saving the very righteous, and I'm only killing the very wicked. So now we understand that the Midas Adin stands up, the prosecutor stands up in the courtroom of heaven and says, Hashem, the fact that you had Hashem Gemurim, that we're not rebuked, these wicked people were not rebuked, makes the tzaddikim the same, it gives them the same status as the wicked. They didn't rebuke the wicked. Hashem responded, it's clear to me that if they were protested, it would not have been received. Because you know that doesn't mean that the tzaddikim knew that. They had no way of knowing whether their whether their Musa would be accepted or not. The Pasik says in Yechetel that the Pasik continues, so it says the Shem was, the Malach was destroyed, was given permission, was given permission to destroy um, even the elderly and the young. Uh, they were all going to be punished. And the Pasuk says, uh, and it says as, it continue, as the Pasuk continues, that they started with that family who were before the house. And we're talking about the people who get the Torah completely from the beginning till till uh, till the end. So these are religious people, and yet they uh, they they were part of the destruction. The, the, the pasuk says, second one down on the Gemara Nun Hey Abed Aleph, Umiyad Vihine Shanoshim Bar Miderach Shaya Elyon. Six destructors came out. Six people came out. Hashem. Pina uh, uh, fighter from the northern gate, the Ish Ish Kli Mifze Biyade, the Ish Echad Betechem Lavish Habadim Asafir Bimasnov. These six people exited the northern, the northern gate, each one with a weapon of destruction, and one of them who was wearing linen had a, had a quill. Next to him, the ish clean mitzvah every other, the ish akab taken love of Shabbat, the case of the Savior, the Masnov, the Yavi, the Yamdu, eight of the Bech and the And they stood next to the Mizbech and the Hoshis, the Zorb from a Pasuk in Yechazka. So these six destructors came to destroy the wicked, and one of them had a quill to write down things. Mizbech and Achayshis Mihabas is the Gemara. Was there Mizbech and Achayshis that the Pasuk describes where they were standing? Amalek Shbarach was Shiru Mimadim Shaivim Shiru Lefanai. 
Hashem said, start from the Bishmedrash, start from the place, start the destruction of the place where they, uh, it, where they would praise me. And who are these six people that were coming to destroy? Six different types of uh, destruction, uh, fury, wrath, rage, mashras, destruction, annihilate, breaker, and uh, destroyer. So it seems like the relevance of this Pasuk over here to say that even if Hashem knows that the person won't be able to do tshuva and the uh, and, uh, Musa will be in vain, but it doesn't at all absolve the people who had an opportunity to rebuke or had the, not opportunity, had the responsibility of rebuking the wrongdoing in their neighborhood. Um, uh, so, so it's just, it's uh, obviously it's, it's a startling Gemara to say that destruction that Hashem starts, in fact, from the place where people praised him. Uh, from the Beis Medrash, from the very people you think are the most righteous, it's in fact, according to this Gemara, that a person who's a leader could have a very, not the one of era, but his whole job was to make sure to give Musar and to rebuke those who are not doing the right thing and he didn't do it. So he can be punished for that all the more so. Maishna um, tough. So why would they put, why was the Malach instructed to put a tough, the letter tough of blood on those who are destined to die and a letter tough of ink those who are going to live. Amar Rav Tav Tichya, Tav Thomas, because Tav both stands for life and stands for giving death. Now it's appropriate that you can put the same letter on everybody. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel said, Thomas Achus Avas. It stands for this person has used up the their merits of our forefathers of Adam Yitzhak Yaakov has uh, been used up and is not enough to save them. Rabbi Yechonamar, Tichon Zuchos Avais. says that it's not, uh, uh, it's not that it's used up, but uh, rather um, it's actually the Tichon, which means like Tachanon, to have mercy that Hashem will have mercy on the righteous. So it stands for both Thomas and Tichon. Rishlaka says, Tav is actually the end of the signature of Hashem. The signature of Hashem is MS Alf and Tav, truth, and Tav is the end of it. So, we're talking about people who uh, kept the Torah, who fulfilled the entire Torah from the first letter till the end. And still, uh, and still they were punished if they didn't, uh, they were still punished if they didn't rebuke the people in their town. 
At what point in our history did the Zechus Avais, the merits of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, uh, not suffice to save people even if they didn't have their own merits? So Rab taught us that at the times of Hashem and Bari already, we can see that there was no longer this tremendous merit standing by the Jewish people from Abu Yitzchak and Yaakov. Shanemar, as the Pasuk says, in Hashem, Ata Agala Es Navlusa, Le'enai, so we see the Pasuk already in Hashem describes that uh, the, the embarrassment, the inappropriateness, the novella, the, the, the disgust will be, of the people will be revealed and they will not be saved. What that means is Hashem was saying that I, you no longer have the same merits as you've had in previous generations. I, I, I think that the shot that you have to say over here is that even though today we, we know that we still have Zechus Avis, so Tysus talks about it, that Zechus uh, Avis is not to be mixed up with the Bris Avis. The covenant that Hashem made with Avon Yitzchak and Yaakov that we will forever be saved is still 100% intact. But in the, overall protection from harm, regardless of our own sins, that will not be there anymore. Shmuel says that in fact it came from the times of Chazal is when uh, with the merits of the forefathers were used up. So the Jewish people were afflicted in the times of Chazal and Yahyachaz, so the, and the Pasuk continues over there in Malachim, and the Pasuk says that Hashem had Rachmanis up until, that until then Hashem did not uh, chase away the Jewish people, but uh, from that, that was till then. But from that point then on, we have lost the merit of Abnitzah and Yaakov to save us if we ourselves do not have our own merits to contribute as well. Rabbi Shur ben Levi, from the time of the incident, the famous story of Elio Anavi, Shanemar, Malach, the Paschal in Malachim says, Vayihi ba'alois ha'mincha, Vayigash Elio Hanavi, Vayoy me'ashem, that he davened in the merits of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But that was the last time that we see tefillahs, or from the last time that we see tefillahs, prayers, with mentioning uh, because, because of uh, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, trying to invoke. We always mention Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But we're mentioning that Hashem is the God of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We're not mentioning the fact that we're, our prayer is because of Avram, Yitzchak, of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Rabbi Yechon Amar, 
from the times of Chizkiyahu, that's when we lost the complete and total protection in the merits of our forefathers. Uh, it's called, as the Pasuk says, so then in the times of Chizkiyo, we were taught that the uh, peace and, uh, and the judgment and justice, which uh, was until that point, will be changed. And the reason why it will be changed, the Gemara is suggesting, is Rabbi Yechon saying is because that from this point on, we will no longer have the merit of our forefathers to constantly be there to protect us. So obviously this Gemara, this entire Gemara started off by asking what is the reason why righteous people will be punished? And the answer, it seems like, is two reasons in this Gemara. Number one, because they, if they're leaders of the generation, they had an obligation to rebuke those who were wicked and they didn't rebuke. And number two, the second point that the Gemara is making is bringing Psukim to show us that the Zechus Abbas, the absolute protection in the merits of Abram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, at some point, a three-way Machlekes, when it was, whether it was in the time of Yayachas, the time of Eliyahu Anavi, the time of Hesheya, but at some point, we lost out on that protection um, Abram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And as Tesis points out, it doesn't mean that there's no covenant. Hashem still has a promises that he made to Abram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov that we will not be destroyed, that he still keep, that Hashem keeps, but we don't have the absolute protection that helps people who are wicked be saved in the merit of their forefathers, if, even if they don't have their own zuchusim. And the, I think going back on the first point, it's, uh, it's interesting as you never know uh, the Gemara says that one of the tainas that the destroyer had to Hashem, the angel of destruction had to Hashem, was that even if you know why you're not punishing the tzaddikim gemurim, why are you saving the righteous people when they them, could have done more to rebuke the wicked? So they're just like the wicked. And Hashem says, I know that in those cases that uh, the wicked w- w- people would not have listened. To the, and he responds, you know that, but the people don't know that. Even though you, Hashem, know that this, the, if the tzaddikim were to give Musar, it would not be effective, but they don't know that. So let them try and do their job, at least, and give Musar, and they'll find out for themselves that it's not effective. And just because Hashem knows that somebody's efforts won't succeed doesn't absolve that person of the obligation to make those efforts. So it's like uh, some of the people who scream Shabbos, I'm not talking about throwing rocks, Barry. That's, uh, that was yesterday's discussion. But uh, the people who scream, sometimes you go in Yerushalayim and you see people are really, they look like they're completely in their own world when it comes to matters of Kedusha, older people especially, but yet they'll still yell Shabbos, Shabbos, they'll yell at the car, Shabbos. The answer is they're not giving Musa, they don't think the driver is going to stop driving. They're giving Musa for themselves, that they know they have an obligation to feel the pain of the Shechina and to rebuke people. Not that it's, it's more that they, that's their obligation, whether it will have an effect or not. Says the Gemara, three lines from the end, Nun Hei Amrala 55a, Amr Avami, Ein Mitzvah Loi Chet, Ve'en Yusurim Loi Avam, 
There's no death without a cause, without a sin that brought on that death. And there's no suffering without a reason for it. Anybody who's suffering or anybody who's dying has a, uh, it comes from somewhere. They did something that caused it. So you just have to try and understand what that means. Rashi says, almost at the end in the right-hand margin, it's not a question of everybody has chataim and everybody dies. The question is, is there a correlation between the two? So according to Rav Ami, yes, there is a connection to a person's death and their actions. Uh, and he learns that of a Pasuk, says the Gemara, Ben la Yisa ba Avin Ava Ava Yisa ba Avin Ben Sitkas Atzadik Alav Tiyeh Roshas Arisha Alav Tiyeh. The pasuk in Yecheskel uh, says that a person sins, they will end up dying, and not because their father sins, and not because of their children's sins, and uh, but because of their own right level of righteousness or evil. Ain Yisurim b'le Avin. There's no suffering without a sin. As the Pasuk in Tehillim says, I counted I count, Hashem counts up uh, with, uh, with a staff their, uh, our sins and with Yisurim, uh, with, with punishments, with uh, like a nega, they get punished for their sins. So we see that there's a correlation from the Pasuk and Tehillim between our sins. It's not just something which goes on a, in a bank account. It's not like the national debt, which could keep growing forever, apparently, but it's uh, something, uh, Averis has something which Hashem takes a din b'chazman on a person, even in this world. Uh, says the Gemara on the top of Nun Hei Amid Beis 55b. Meisvei Amru Malache, we're going to ask a contradiction. Amru Malachi Ashar's the Nakash Barhu Rubaini Shalam the Malachim Astashat Mibnema Knasta Misal Adam Harishain. Why is it that you punished Adam Harishain with death? Amalahem mitzvah kalatsivisa Avala. I gave him one mitzvah. I only gave Adam one mitzvah, not to listen to the Nachash, not to eat from the eight sadas, and he went and did it. So you're saying Hashem's response to the Malachim was that Adam really did something bad because he could have, he only had one mitzvah. He only really had one mitzvah to do. But the answer is that, uh, and, and therefore he was punished with death. So Malachim said, that's not fair. Moshe and Aaron that had a million, that had all the mitzvahs to do, and yet they kept it all, and they still got punished to die. So if Adam Rishon died because people die, and that's the nature of the world, fine. But if you tell me that people only die because of their sins, Moshe and Aaron were completely righteous, and they also died. Amalei, now in, in thinking about it from like a psychological perspective, in truth, if you have only one thing that you can't do, you're going to be busy with that one thing all day long. It's like, uh, it's not fair to say there was only one mitzvah. You could do everything else. There was not much to do. First of all, there was only one other person in the world. It was, uh, was Chava, his wife. There weren't so many Averis to, to do. Everything was permitted to him. That's true. 
But that one thing is going to drive him crazy all day long, especially with a nachash who has one job in the world to get you to eat from that tree. So it's, it, in a way, it's, it's like having a lot of things to do. Amalei, Mikra Echad. He has an extra shot over here from the Naf Yosef. He says, he says, the reason why it was such a bad thing is because if you give a mitzvah to many, many people and one person is over in that Avera, okay, fine. So we have other people keeping it. If you're the only guy. If you're the only guy, now, now, now it's as if Hashem's word doesn't mean anything because you're the only person that had that mitzvah. Right. So it's a much bigger deal. Of course, your point about the psychological side is 100%. If you, have 10, if you have 10 boxes of matzahs and one box falls, you don't worry that much. But if you have one box with three matzahs in it and that box falls, you, you messed up. That's why I bought 20 pounds this year. I was good. The first three boxes had no I'm not going to discuss that. Okay. So, he, so, uh, so Hashem answers back. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so again, the Gemara asked the contradiction from the Bryson that says that uh, the Malachim, Amalei Mikra Echad Mesu, Amalei Mikra Echad L'Tzadik V'Lerashu L'Tayv. So Hashem responded that you're right. It's not... Uh, it's not totally exactly, it's not really depending on what you do. There's one level of uh, justice for everybody. Doesn't matter how righteous you are, how not righteous you are. Eventually, eventually you're going to die and it's not because of, uh, of a hate. So the previous Gemara, uh, the previous Gemara tried, uh, held, Gemara Namad Aleph held that uh, it's you only die and you only get punished because of your sins. And here we have a Bryce explicitly stating that Hashem told the Malachim that it's one it's one uh, level of justice for all. Um, uh, 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 so it says the Gemara. So you have a stira. This that Reb. Ami and Ahmed Aleph, I think it was Rav Ami who was the last person to speak. Uh, Rav Ami is the one who held that there is a correlation between one's death and one's actions. Didn't hold like the Brisa of that previous uh, uh, of that previous Brisa. Rather, he held like a different Tana. Moshe and Aaron also died because of their sins, as the pasuk says. Uh, you didn't because you didn't trust me. Now, really, it was uh, it was uh, I think it was really by um, by by the story of the, by the ego. Uh, but either way, be a diamantum be diamantum Had you trusted me more in front of everybody, in front of the Bnei Yisrael, had you believed in me? So Moshe Rabbeinu was, was punished because he spoke to the, he hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And I guess uh, Aaron, because of what happened by the Chet HaEgel, that he allowed them to, to build the golden calf, that's the, this Brysa holds that because of those actions, they died before their time. Had they, uh, had they not 
done those sins, they would not have died at that time. They would have lived even when Bnei Yisrael were in Eretz Yisrael. Says the Gemara, four will prove to you from a different price that it's not that way. Four people died because of the Nachash, because of the uh, the Eitzah, the of the Nachash, because other Marishan listened to the snake. Who are these four people? Yamin ben Yaakov, the Amram. Avi Moshe, Binyamin from the Shvatim, Amram, the father of Moshe Abenu, the Yishai Avi David, Yishai, the father of David, the Kalev ben David, and Kilab, the son of David. Kilab, not Kalev. The Kulu Gemara, and they're all taught only in the Gemara, Labar Yishai David, except for the fact that Yishai died, the Mefarish Beikra, which actually has a Pasuk to support it. Exib, where does the Pasuk say? So he quotes a Pasuk in Shmuel. Yes, Amasa, some Avshalom Tachas Yayev Sarhat Saba, Amasa ben Ish Ushmai Yisra Yisraeli, Ashabal Avigayel Bas Nachash Achvis Tsruya, Im Yoa. So the Pasuk describes Avigayel, the daughter of a Nachash. She wasn't the daughter of a snake. She wasn't born from a snake. She was born from Yishai. So why does the Pasuk describe Abigail as having been born from a snake? We know that she was not really from the uh, Nachash. But since her father, since Yishai died, because of the snake, because of the original sin, the original hate of Adam Arishan listening to the Nachash, Therefore, it describes her as the son, as the daughter of a nachash, the daughter of a man who got killed because of the eights of the snake. But the rest are from the Gemara. Mani. So who is the author of this last b'risa that describes four people who got killed because of the snake? We already had two different b'risas, one supporting the opinion of Rabbi Ami that says that, uh, that, that says, Rabshim ben Elazar, um, that says that people die because of their sins. And the previous b'risa beforehand, which uh, records the exchange between the Malachim and Hashem, which holds that there is no correlation between a person's death and their sins. Everybody sins and everybody dies, and the two don't have a connection. So this third b'risa that describes the people who die because of the nachash, because of the snake, in whose opinion is that going according to? If you say that that's going to be the first b'risa, of course, there's uh, Moshe and Aaron, we said, died because um, Moshe and Aaron also then should not have died. So the Gemara wants to say that uh, it can't be the first b'risa because then Moshe and Aaron should have been listed in the in, in uh, shouldn't should, should have been listed as well. So it must be Rav Shem Ben Elazar who holds that Moshe and Aaron also died not because of the nachash but because of their own sins, and apparently. Uh, so Elav Shem Ben Elazar, he says the Gemara has to be that Shem Ben Elazar. 
If that's the case, so then it turns out not only are people die because of their sins, but people also die regardless of their sins. And that's not like Ravami. Ravami said everybody dies because of their sins. And without that, there would have been no death. Even Ramosh and Aaron, even without their sins, they would have died because of uh, death comes whether you sinned or not. And the Gemara says, Tiyufta. So it was a nice member on Ahmed Aleph, but anybody who stuck around for Ahmed Bey's sees that Ravami in the end is this proof. Rather, people die because they die and people get punished because they get punished. It doesn't mean that they're getting punished because of their sins or they're dying because of their sins. Omer of Shulban Achmeni Rabbi Ainusan. This reminds me of bracha. I feel like I'm back in Masechta's brachas. I have a lot of uh, different stories and psukim and understanding a glimpse into Hashem's ways as much as we're allowed to understand. So there was an episode described in the psukim in Bereshis where Ruben, the son of Yaakov, and we know it both from the Birchus Yankov, um, was in the Pasuk, it makes it seem like he did something inappropriate to defend the honor of his mother. He moved around his father's bed. Shanamar, uh, as the Pasuk says, so anybody who says they did an Avera is making a mistake. Shanamar, as the Pasuk says, We know the Pasuk teaches us that there were 12 sons and they were all equal. Uh, it doesn't, it teaches in the Pasuk that Ruvain um, w- uh, laid with Bila, with his father's uh, concubine. Says the Gemara, He moved her bed, his father's bed, so that, uh, and to protect his mother's honor, and therefore, um, as he wanted him to lay with Leah, Yaakov to be with Leah, so he moved Yaakov in his bed, and it's like he, the Pastor says he shouldn't have interfered in his father's shalom bias, he shouldn't have gotten involved. Therefore, it's like he slept with, with Bila. We'll bring a proof that it had to be that he didn't sin because. Uh, because the how could it be that he would sin with his the wife of his father and sleep with her when his own descendants are going to um, we're going to uh, stand on our able and say the curses of somebody who sleeps with their father's wife? It has to be that the Pasuk means that he didn't actually sleep with her because it wouldn't make sense that he would do something which his descendants later on would say is cursed, but rather he, uh, he, he protested the covet of his mother and uh, he moved Yaakov Avinu's bed. Amar, what, uh, how did he protest? If my mother's uh, a tsara is a co-wife, a uh, competitive wife, if my, if my mother's sister was her uh, co-wife, that uh, her competition, so to speak, uh, we should allow 
the, sh the maidservant of my mother's sister to also be competition for, with my mother. He stood up and he moved his father's bed to bring it into Leah's tent so that Yaakov Avinu would be with Leah and not with Bila, who was the servant of Rachel. Others say, in fact, he did more than that. Bilbal He was mevalbal, the bed of his father, but also the bed of the shechina of the heavenly resting place. And that's what the pasuk says in the Birchus Yaakov at the end of uh, at the end of Bereshis. Um, you've you've defiled the bed of the higher one, meaning the Shechina. So it seems like Reuben was still rebuked by Yaakov. With that, we know from Birchus Yaakov that he was still considered to have done something wrong, but it wasn't like he did something immoral to his father's wife, but rather he moved his father's bed to stand up to the honor of his mother. Says the Gemara, this is really Gitanai. This is a Machlaikis Tanaim. And where is there Machlaikis Tanaim? The Pasuk in, in uh, at the end in Birchus Yaakov, we know that what was Ruvain's bracha or Musar from Yaakov Avinu? Pachas Kamayim Al Toysar. Where he, uh, Ruvain was rebuked. Um, that he was like water, he was haste, hasty or unstable like water, Altoisar, and uh, he acted, uh, he will not uh, be considered like the head of the Shvatim because of that. So Pachaz is an acronym for Pei Chaf Zion, Pazza, Chavata, and Zalsa. What does that mean? So pazza means like uh, paz means to do something in, impulsively in haste. Chazalta means chalsa uh, 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 is that you were uh, you you were. I, I have one second. Chavta and zalta chazta means that you were uh, you like were. Um, you're chazis, you, you, you were liable for it. And zalsa means you were zilzal, you were mezalzal, you were uh, contempt, you, were, you, had, you showed disdain, you showed uh, lack of respect. It stands for pasata avdas tatos zanisa. You uh, skipped over on the laws, chatos zanisa, you, you uh, sinned, and zanisa, you were like a zaina, you were um, inappropriate. Because you were, um, uh, sorry, so Namliya learns that it was actually talking about not his Avera, but rather it was talking about his Tshuva. Rashi says, Pilauta means you, you prayed to be saved from sin. So your tefillah 
that you uh, that you prayed to be saved from sin, Talta Zarcha Tfilosacha, that Zarcha, it it uh, because you prayed and you had uh, you trembled, your Tfila was actually accepted and it flew to Shemayim and it was accepted. So it's not referring, so the, the Birchus Yankov, the Musa over there, Pachas Kamayim, doesn't actually refer to the Avera, but it refers already to the Tshuva. Amar Rabbi Gamliel. Adayim Tzrichinanu Lemaidai, we still need to know, we still need the explanation of the Maidai. Who's the Maidai? Rabbi Lazar HaMaidai, Yomer, Afoichas Ateva Vidarsha. Flip around the word of Pachaz. So instead of reading it, Pei Ches Zion, read it Zion Ches Pei, and, and explain it as follows. Zazata Hatata Parcha Chet Mimeka. That if you're going to learn that it's talking about the tshuva of the repentance of Ruvain, so read then the word backwards, because it's talking about when he repented and uh, the opposite of the sin, and read it that you shook, you trembled. And the sin flew away from you. That you were going to sin, and yet you held yourself back by making yourself very sick, and therefore you did not sin. So the Gemara now has a simon for the following topics. Ruben, Bene, Eli, Bene, Shmuel, David, Shlomo, Yayash, Simon. Whoever says that the sons of Eli Kain Gadol sin uh, is, not, is making a mistake. So this is the second incident where we're talking about righteous people who are saying that, in fact, it may seem from the Pesukim like they did something wrong, especially uh, in, a, in a very inappropriate way. But, uh, in fact, it's a mistake to learn the Pesukim that way. Shenema, as the Pesuk says, the Sham, the Sham Shnei Bnei Eli Chafni, the dear, the two sons of the Chafni Upinchas Kahanim Hashem. There were two sons of Eli who were together with the bris of Hashem. Chafni and Pinchas were Kahanim Hashem. Savla Kerab, and he held like Rab, the armor of Rab. Pinchas Lechatu. Pinchas did not sin. Makash Chafni Lepinchas Ma Pinchas Lechatu. Af Chafni Lechatu. If Pinchas didn't sin. And the Pasuk mentions Chafni, the other son, together with Pinchas. So then obviously they are on the same footing, they're on the same standing, and they both are considered like they didn't sin. Ah, the Pasuk says, Elamani Mekayim, how do you understand the Pasuk, Asha Hanashim, that Eli Akayim was old and he was told that his sons were sleeping with women inappropriately? Uh, the Gemara is a wild description of what Eli Akayin's sons, who were the Kehanim, that did wrong. It says that because they did not process the Kabanis um, of the of the uh, of the Kabanis that these women. Um, had to bring in order to become Tars, Rashi says Yoldos and Zavos after childbirth or after a woman saw Dama Ziva, they had to bring a carbon to become Tar. 
and they were very uh, bureaucratic and they didn't respond to it right away and they didn't want to bring the carbonis and they delayed the woman from going back to being with their husbands. Therefore, the Pasuk describes it as if they themselves slept with those women. Gufa. Says the Gemara, let's examine this. Rav. Rav taught us as follows. Pinchas lechet, shenemar, v'achri ben echitav, achri, ikavit ben pinchas, ben pinchas, ben eli, ekayin, hashem, v'gaymer. It doesn't make sense to say that the Pasuk wouldn't record the sins that if he did any Averis, then he would have, it would have been mentioned in the Pasuk. If he's Yisrael, he's not going to merit. <coughs> Sorry. If he's Yisrael, he's not going to merit Talmidim. Uh, uh, and if he's a Kayan, his, his offspring will no longer merit to bring the carbon. Um, the, the fact that Pinchas uh, is described as a Kayan intact before Hashem, so then. Uh, so that the, the, we see clearly that he didn't, uh, and we know that his Eliakayan, the Kahuna, belonged to Eliakayan's descendants. And that means Pinchas's descendants as well, who was the son of Eliakayan. The fact that they were the Kahanim teaches us that it can't be that they were considered to have done a sin as the Pasuk, as you might have interpreted the Pasuk. Otherwise, we know that they would not have merited to have their descendants serving as the Kahanim. But it does say that Eliakayan's sons were sleeping with women. So says Rav, you have to read that word, how they lay that only one of them sinned. Only one of them did the sins. You want to say, Chafni and not Pinchas did the sins. Doesn't it say Albanai Hilai Toiva Hashmua? Now, whatever they were doing, it was both sons who were reported to Elia Kayan that they were both not behaving appropriately. So you can't say that it was one and not the other. Says the Gemara, that in fact it says my son, Bini, in the singular. So it's possible, according to this memra, that Pinchas. Truly sinned, Chafni truly sinned, and not Pinchas. Says the Gemara Baksev Ma'avirin that plural they will be removed. That's a, that means um, uh, that they have been over that your people have, have transgressed in the plural, meaning both sons. It's actually not Ma'avirim, but it's Ma'aviram. Only one of the sons did this act. And here the Gemara comes full circle. Ultimately, it does describe Pinchas as being one of the sons of Eli who sinned. However, the reasons are different. According to Chafni was sinned According to this opinion, 
according to this opinion, according to this memra, Khafni sinned actually inappropriately with women. And the fact that Pinchas didn't rebuke him makes Pinchas liable as well. And that's why, uh, and that's why the Pasuk says that the two sons of Eli sinned. Amrab Shmuel ban Achmeni, Amrab Yainasan, Kalaimer b'nei Shmuel chatu ene alataya. Whoever says that the b'nei Shmuel sin is also making a mistake. Shenema vayihi tizak and Shmuel vanu leihalchu b'rachav b'drachav leihalchu michtei nami leichatu alachatu. Just because they didn't follow mamish in the footsteps of Shmuel, the sons of Shmuel still are not described in the pesukim. As sinners, they didn't follow, they didn't actually rise to the level of Shmuel, but it's not like the sons of Shmuel did actual sins. The sons of Shmuel didn't do Averis, but they weren't as great as their father. Their father would travel around from city to city to judge and bring Torah to all the different cities. But they, the sons of Shmuel, sat in their places and forced the people to come to them, and thereby building up a whole economy around their uh, people and enriching the seifrim and the religious entrepreneurship specifically in their city, and didn't take advantage of being able to travel to other cities. So this Gemara really gave us, so far, uh, three descriptions of people who the Pesukim really write as having committed grave sins. And yet, according to our Gemara, we explained that it wasn't really like they did grave sins. The first one was Ruvain ben Yaakov, that it's, the Pesuk describes that he slept with his uh, father's wife, and the Pesuk says they didn't. Second one was the sons of Eli, Kai, and Gadol. And the third one is the sons of Shmuel, as they weren't maybe as great as their parents, but they weren't actual sinners. Yashakayach, and have a wonderful day. I felt like